All right, everybody, welcome to episode three of Straight Up the Creator Cast. I'm your host, Neon the Rocks, and with me here today, I have my good friend, Wildfire. Wildfire, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Wildfire. I am 18 years old from California, and I've been streaming on Twitch for about two years or so. And I am a video editor full time for an Apex Legends pro player. And I've been doing that for about six months now. And that's basically my background in media production. Sweet. And you're studying me media production right now, aren't you? Yes. My, my major is uh, electronic media and film with a focus in cinematography. Sweet. What do you want to do with that? Uh, end goal, obviously there's going to be many steps to it, but end goal it would be to be on like legendary pictures, work for Marvel or 21st Century Fox or something like that, working maybe on an action movie, whether that's either in post-production or the actual uh, production of the film, whether that's filming it or being able to set up sets and stuff like that. Wow, so film is your end goal? Yes, oh, 100%. Have you considered, so right now you're, you're you would say you're primarily, would you say you're primarily a Twitch streamer? Yes, although I, I am starting up YouTube and stuff, but yes, I would say my, my main focus right now has been Twitch. Awesome. So you have you considered we're just diving right in today. Are you have yeah. you considered doing like short films? I have. Uh I've attempted it before with very low budget equipment, not much uh expertise behind it. Obviously, I've never done a short film before. Um I'm actually in talks with one of my friends who you and I are actually mutual friends with in uh in doing a short film. So um is it camera? Time? That may be in the future. No. Well, we'll get Can we'll get into me? that one. We'll get into that one. <laughs> All right, sweet. So, tell me a little bit about your editing position. You work for a pro apex player called I do called No Coco Puffs. Yes. So, now, uh, I've been working for Noco for about s- between five or six months. I I can't remember how how long it's been. It's been something around there. Um. And basically, my job is to figure out the video idea, make the thumbnails, edit the video, make sure it's posted on time, make sure the video is all squared away, uh, music is non-copyright, he can start to monetize his videos and stuff like that. And basically, everything except actually creating the content, which is on him uh, during streams, everything else is just on me, and I'm, I'm making sure that I'm uh, making a video that tells a story that people actually want to watch. So how'd you get started in a position like that? How'd you find yourself in that situation? Uh, Well, initially I started editing because obviously I was streaming and stuff and I wanted to learn editing for like my own streams and stuff, but specifically for for Noka's position, um, I was approached by Sam, uh, one of my friends, Sam Woodhall, who's a visual effects artist, Twitch partner as well. Um, And he says, hey, uh, I have somebody that I want you to talk to. And he links me a Twitch link in my discord dms i'm like he goes hop in here i was like okay so i hop into the stream and then right right in the middle of the chat he goes noko this is wildfire he's an editor you need an editor wildfire this is noko he needs an editor link up literally the next day (laughs) noko messaged me and ever since then i've been working for him that's good did you have to like there was there some sort of like interview process like did he have you try some stuff out first yes so obviously it wasn't like hey you're hired like that it uh i had to do a video for him basically to kind of show him my style of videos and stuff like that and i said uh yeah i'm willing to do that so i pulled from his vod i pulled about 20 minutes worth of footage cut it down to about a 10 10 minute video or something like that put a little bit of spin on it put a little bit of my style into the video and i sent it his way and he absolutely loved it and even before that i uh i sent him a clip 
through Twitter DMs because that's where he had followed me and I made like a cool meme edit and he and his chat were laughing and I think that was also a, a big boost in that because chat was obviously kind of uh, going with the video as well. I know what that feels like. <laughs> so, um, so how is it different working for somebody else, especially somebody who kind of is already established than it is working for yourself? Uh, the amount of eyeballs that are going to be on a video. Uh, it's definitely different because if I were to make a video, obviously I'm not going to have the amount of views as if I'm editing a video for NOCO because we're at two totally different um, spots in our career. And it's just that that uh, thought in your mind where I got to make this perfect. This has this is going to be seen by thousands, even ten thousands of people. I, I have to make this look as best as possible. There's no way that I can mess this up. So um, it's just that it's that pressure where you just have to do good because you know there are going to be a lot of eyes on you rather than if I'm doing it for myself. Do you have? Do, are you given deadlines? Uh, well, I've basically given myself a deadline. Because other than um, reviewing the video and actually making the content on stream, I'm the one who's uh, reviewing all the numbers on his channel, making sure uh, that we're posting on the right times, seeing when people are clicking on the videos uh, the most. Usually for us, it's uh, Saturday mornings is when people seem to engage with our videos more. So I have given myself a deadline. It's usually Saturday mornings is when I need to have the video, the thumbnail, and everything uploaded ready to go by Saturday mornings. So how do you balance that kind of pressure of perfectionism with the the idea of trying to meet the deadline uh it's taking your time and also if i have to maybe do it on stream or skip stream for a day to be able to actually just fully completely focus on a video uh luckily when i stream uh doing editing and stuff people seem to really enjoy watching my process and how i edit a video and ask for like a couple tips and tricks and stuff but it's something that you just have to balance and if you can't you're you're not really going to last very long for sure, for sure. If you if you had to choose one, meeting the deadline or, or creating creating something that you were that you you thought met your standards, which would you choose? In it now, not just for you, but for your your employer. Which which would you choose? So it, that it's it depends on the person. So if I were to make a video for myself, and I've also made kind of a deadline for myself, I feel like I would also just wait. If it's not completely to my liking, it's not perfect, I'm going to wait and actually take the time to fully do the video, make sure it's everything that I enjoy. Now, if it's for NOCO, there's there's thousands of people who wait on these videos um, per week for uh, his channel. So it's a little bit different. If there's something that maybe I don't like, I'm going to change it as fast as I can. But I, I really just need to, I need to pump out the videos because at that point, it's not just me anymore. It's NOCO and thousands of other people who are expecting these videos to be going up. Awesome. So you mentioned your stream. Um, mm -hmm. And you mentioned that you uh, you started editing on your stream and people are enjoying it. I find, mm -hmm. as a viewer of your stream, that people enjoy just about whatever you do. <laughs> you, kind <of> have, <laughs> you kind of have a special energy that is getting people... Uh, not just not just happy with, but excited for pretty much anything mm -hmm. you put in front of them. Like you've mentioned before, you you were you had a fear a little while ago of of um, going back to playing games on your stream and doing other things on your mm -hmm. stream besides chatting because you were starting to build kind of some momentum. Uh, and then you started playing games and you started and you started editing and started doing thumbnails and your viewership stayed and continued to grow. Um, right. And I find part of that. Um, and I want to get your thoughts on that as, as well. But I, I find part of that is is your ability 
to drive excitement, pretty much unlike just about anybody I've ever met personally. I mean, there's I've, I've not seen very many people who know just how to control the energy, not just of a room, but obviously of a chat full of 20, 30, 40 or more people um, mm-hmm. to just drive that energy to, to exactly where you want it to be. How do you how do you do that? <laughs> um, honestly, the the only way that I figured out how to do all this is because I've watched other streamers, how they act. Um, there's a couple that come to mind, like Tim the Tapman. Everybody's always hyped to have him there. Uh, there's another streamer called American Dad that I watch quite frequently. And the way that they obviously act, they're super animated. Uh, they always have something to say. They're they're funny. Uh, if somebody wants to just go and silently watch a video game, more than likely, they'll just end up going playing the game themselves. They don't want to watch somebody just sit in front of their computer screen absolutely silent and just playing the game themselves um but it's just watching other streamers streamers that you enjoy and then you have to think to yourself okay why do i enjoy watching this person and if it's something that you think you can pull off obviously put a uh, put your own twist to it because you don't want to start getting into that plagiarism copying streamers and stuff but putting your own twist on it making sure that you're you're having that high energy just practicing that and if you have to do it off camera and just yelling at yourself or something like that just to kind of get comfortable with being in front of a camera then so be it uh did you so do you have days where you find it hard to carry that kind of energy oh absolutely especially like usually when i have stuff like that it's stuff that's happening like outside of stream um like if i'm having like a bad day or something i'll usually hop on and i'll say hey guys like i'm a level with you i'm i'm kind of having like a really weird day I'm not I'm not like fully there but I'm still going to try to give you guys the best show that I can give but um it, there's there's multiple factors whether if there's like just a bunch of trolls coming into the chat and they're just they're just trying to ruin the vibe and stuff we usually just get those guys out we we don't really entertain that idea anymore but um yeah it's it, the majority of it is just outside of stream factors is when the energy would be a little bit lower than usual mm-hmm. Now you mentioned uh you mentioned uh American Dad Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that he came into your stream the other day and dropped you a follow and said some nice things about you. He did. How how did that feel? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, man, that I didn't expect it to happen. So on that day, we had we were just absolutely going crazy. We had like almost two hundred followers in a stream or some something some crazy astronomical number like that. And I had said on my stream that um, the only thing that can make this better is a follow from American Dad. And sure enough, about 15, 20 minutes later, he ends up showing up in the chat, following the channel, absolutely going nuts. We go nuts. My streams just, we, at that point, we had like 70 people in chat. We were just absolutely losing our minds. And, um, he, he was telling me that he liked what I was doing and he appreciated that I was such a fan of his and stuff like that. And he actually sent me a video on Twitter, basically telling me that he enjoys my stream and, uh, what I'm doing on my stream. Now, the reason I ask is because I think um, I think I personally had this idea in my head um, when I was kind of getting started in, in the industry, if you will. Um, I had this idea that there were two kinds of people. There were those who had made it. There were those who hadn't yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody who had made it was kind of on the same kind of page with each other. And everybody mm-hmm. kind of knew each other. And everybody was kind of friends or was just kind of down to earth with each other. And then there was all of us peasants down below 
who looked up to these gods and and thought and put them up on a pedestal. Right. Um, but I found more as I've gone through is that there's everybody, everybody on this platform, on YouTube, on on any platform, everybody has somebody else, at least one other person that they admire really, really greatly. Oh, absolutely, and just yeah. Excites them with their presence, like like I like you and I both know Sam Woodhall. Um, mm-hmm. When Sam, when Sam and I first started talking, I was like starstruck. I was like, "Oh my goodness, that's Sam Woodhall!" You know. And then, <laughs> but uh, Sam used to be that way with Harris. Everybody knows mm-hmm. Harris. Harris is that way with a lot of people, even people he gets to talk to. You know, De- I've seen Devin Nash do interviews. Devin Nash has done interviews with the vice president of Amazon, who like is in meetings, gener- like with Elon Musk on the regular. And I still wow. see Devin Nash get excited to talk about talk to some of the people he talks to on his on his uh you know podcast and his interviews you know mm-hmm. everybody has somebody that they that they just get giddy for they, they they admire and i think that's a really 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 humanizing thing i think that's something that uh brings a level of humanization to all of us and kind of unites us as creators that we get to share a passion for the work of others and for and for what other people are doing and we get just excited we get just as excited with with you know normal as normal people quote unquote um mm-hmm. uh when, when something cool happens like that so i wanted you to i wanted everybody to get a little bit of a taste of that experience from you oh absolutely and so, here's the thing though uh i think some people's mentality of like people who are much larger is like they are these godly beings that you, you were referring to earlier but realistically they're no different from you and i they're just regular people the only difference between them is maybe they make more money than us and a couple uh, and more people know about them other than that we're all human we all live on the same planet there's realistically you just got to treat everybody just as if you're best friends and don't like freak out don't don't be mean to them either for their success but just treat them just like a regular friend that you would see walking on the on the sidewalk I couldn't agree more, man. I love that message. So tell me a little bit of how you met Sam since we're on the subject. So I followed his channel, obviously, from the Alpha Gaming YouTube channel back early, early 2019. And um, this was a couple months before TwitchCon was going to happen. And uh, I ended up going to TwitchCon with my dad in 2019. And I met Harris there. I talked to him a little bit. Super nice guy. Um, and I saw Sam there, but he was, he was talking to a different family. So I wasn't able to actually, uh, engage in a conversation with him. But at the TwitchCon party, I believe it was the second night when, uh, they were in between sets. I think it was right before logic was going to perform. Uh, I was standing there with my dad and I saw somebody like emerge from the, from the crowd in front of me and it was Sam. And he, I hear him yell wildfire. I was like looking around because I I, there, I wasn't there with any friends, so I had no idea that anybody was going to know who I was. So I was looking around and I see Sam walking towards me. I was like, "Wait a minute, how does he how does he know who I am?" And he says, "I've seen you in my stream before. You're like always in chat and stuff." And he says, "I actually didn't even see your name tag. I saw your dad's name tag, and I recognized the name, but then I saw that it was your dad, and you were standing next to him. And uh, ever since then, um, we've been basically talking. When I got to the hotel room, I was only there for the first two days of the event." Uh, we actually flew out of San Diego the third day of the event, so we didn't go uh, to the third day. I had uh, I had tweeted at Sam. I said, "Dude, I totally forgot to get a picture with you." He goes, "No, nah, it's cool. We'll we'll just get on the third day." I was like, "Well, no, I'm actually flying out today." He goes, "No, nah, okay, then next year we got you." So a um, couple weeks pass. I ended up adding him on uh, on Twitter again, and I said, 
just as a joke, how many retweets for a follow back on Twitter? And he was kind of like pulling my leg. He he said, would it make your day or something along the lines of that? I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. So he ended up following me. And ever since then, I've just I've stayed in contact with him. And I'm, I'm lucky enough to be able to call him a friend. Nice. So when did you when did you start uh, kind of doing work with him? Like when did you start modding for his chat and whatnot? Ooh, so he came into my stream sometime in October. Uh, I think it was early October, and he had done a 24-hour stream uh, on for Halloween when when he did his like shroud cosplay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. So it was during that, and right before his 24-hour stream, he comes to my stream, and I, it was it was really bad. It was bad quality. I still had the webcam. I it was it was really bad. And he goes, "Your stream needs some work." And I go, "Yeah, no, I I, I know that." And he goes. I'm going to redesign your stream on my 24 hour. And I was like, <laughs> wait, are you serious? And he goes, yeah. So I ended up uh, going into his channel during the 24. I was just chilling with him, talking to chat, vibing while he was kind of doing the work that he was saying that he was going to do. And he asked me, he goes, are you going to be in my channel for a while? Like for a couple hours that day. And I go, yeah, I hadn't planned on leaving. He goes, oh, okay. So he mods me right there. And ever since then, I've just been a mod in his channel. All right. So what are, you, what are your plans for you? You just posted your first real youtube video today i would say mm-hmm. not a couple others but this was your first real one let's be honest um what what are your plans going forward with your youtube because i'm really excited i want to know so i was talking about this actually today it's funny that you asked that. i was talking about it today with my chat um i don't know and the reason being is that i i love teaching people editing skills i love teaching them how to do this if they ask me and stuff like that but i feel if i do just editing and just thumbnail designs and stuff the only thing that if I end up bringing people over from my YouTube channel, the only thing I'm just going to end up talking about is editing, how to design a thumbnail and stuff like that. And I feel like I have more to offer than just like editing tips and tricks. I feel like I have a little, a lot more in me um, rather than just that. So there's a couple thoughts that I had maybe about making a second YouTube channel for like uh, gaming stuff. Like if I wanted to hop onto Warzone and do a challenge of like winning a Warzone game with only the original pistol or something like that. So that way I have a good mix of people, a lot more stuff to talk about rather than just secluding myself in just one small niche genre of Twitch Absolutely. and YouTube. Absolutely. Because what we see is, for example, Sam, uh, is that there's now he's now dealing with trying to expand because he feels like he's niched down a little too hard because he's mm-hmm. getting we're getting a lot of people in his stream and in his chat that only want... You know, free resources or only want to Absolutely. Ask, ask questions about things that he's talked about in his videos because his vi- his videos are are very very niche to a very specific audience, which has helped right. him grow in in the in the short term, relatively speaking. Um, it's helped him grow immensely, but it's also becoming a problem because now he's having to rebrand or or, or kind of take stronger control of the narrative of his culture, um, and then of course he's experiencing the same pressure as you often where he he's afraid to change what he's doing he's afraid to game right um to do the things that uh, he wants to do necessarily um rather than what his his audience wants him to do so other than making a second youtube channel for something as drastic as gaming uh drastically different from editing as gaming for example um what's uh what are some ideas you have for kind of moving a singular a singular channel forward as far as uh bringing in some bringing in a little bit of the tutorial type uh uh content along with maybe some lifestyle or whatever or whatever else you have planned honestly for me it's just trying to focus on consistency obviously i've i've built uh quite a bit of noko's channel i started editing for him when 
he had about three or 400 subscribers on YouTube and now he's nearing 5k. So I've built other people's YouTube uh, channels and I'm kind of figuring out that like consistency is key, looking at the numbers, making sure that when I post is when people are actually going to watch the videos and, uh, and all that stuff. So for me, I'm not particularly sure on how I want to progress in the actual content that I'm putting on the channel. It's more a matter of keeping consistent with that channel and actually growing it more. Sweet. So with when you're working for somebody, especially somebody new, um, there's a little bit of uh, you're able to kind of emotionally disconnect from from the content because you don't mm-hmm. necessarily take as much ownership uh, over it. Um, you know, when you're when you're trying to sell yourself, for example, you know, in, in, in a proverbial sense, when we make YouTube videos, when you're trying to sell yourself, uh, rejection hits super hard. Oh, um, absolutely. So how now you have experience, you know, uploading videos for 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 Noco and whatnot, um, and you're able to kind of take a stance where you can say, okay, well, let's look at the analytics. Let's look at this from a from a logical standpoint. Um, let's look at this from from just reason and, and just go forward. Um, how mm-hmm. do you plan on maintaining that kind of mentality when it's when when you're trying to trying to make your own your own videos and your own content? I more think about it as I, I just carry the same mentality as if I'm doing Noko's videos. I I basically detach myself from myself, if that makes any sense, to where it's basically, okay, I'm editing Noko's video. This is not me talking. This is not me uh, doing what I'm doing. Because if I were to do that, I'd be so self-critical and I just probably would not end up uploading like at all. Um, so I just basically have to like emotionally uh, detach myself from myself and that self-doubt and the, the self-critic inside and pretty much every person who does this and just carry on with the same mentality as this is not me. This is not what I'm doing. Uh, this is somebody else that I'm editing for. It's good stuff. I think, I think too, with somebody like you, I think very, very quickly you will find a stride where you then, where you will, your mentality will eventually shift um, mm-hmm. to where you will, you will see, uh, you'll make something and in the middle of making it, you'll sit down and you'll say, man, I'm at, this is actually me. I made this. This is something really freaking cool, and I got to make it. I just recently, just recently, after a year of creating stuff, I just started to hit that stride, um, and I'm mm-hmm. really excited about it. I think you'll hit it. I think you'll hit it in like a month, knowing you. So, um, speaking of, let's talk a little bit about your Twitch growth because you have been, you are now. We checked the other day, a 0.77 percent Twitch streamer. Um, and your first real YouTube video went up today, mm-hmm. uh, and you have a quarter of the Twitch followers, or sorry, you have a quarter of the Twitter followers than you do Twitch followers, um, and you're not really producing like content, content on Instagram. So how how exactly are you growing your stream? Man, I wish I knew. <laughs> I wish I knew. I'm I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I don't know. Um, when I, when I first started streaming, I've been streaming for about two years, not very well, uh, might I add, but I've been, I've been streaming for about two years, but it wasn't up until recently where I felt like I was able to actually be myself. And and because I feel like it's also that self-critic that I was talking about earlier where you're like, well, don't be so animated. Why are you screaming right now? Why are you yelling? Why, why are you dancing? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And it's just getting out of that mindset where it's like, dude, People like watching that. People like watching animated. Just be stupid. Don't like, <laughs> don't feel like you have to hold yourself back. And I've just kind of recently within the last month or two realized like, Hey, don't hold back. Just do what you're going to do. People really do enjoy that. And I think going in there and like 
giving a warm welcome to new viewers uh, and stuff like that. I, I think I looked up the, the, the numbers on my channel the other day. I think about 75% of new people who end up uh, popping into my chat end up following and staying the, in the channel. And I think a huge reason was that is because every new person who comes in, I make sure that they feel like they just donated like a hundred bucks. Like you got to make them feel like they're, they're special, which they are because honestly, without the viewers, a stream is just somebody sitting in front of a camera vibing by themselves. Nice. And I, and how, so how involved, how much, how long did it take your family to kind of get involved? Because I know part of how you're able to be yourself is that you have, you know, being somebody who lives with your family, you have your family's support in what you're doing. Uh, so how how long and how involved has your family been? Uh, my family directly with my stream, obviously they're they're always giving me like tips on what I could be doing differently, what I shouldn't do, what I should do, and stuff like that. Um, they've always been pretty involved. They've always been kind of those people who are lurking, even when I had like two viewers, always lurking in the channel, seeing what I was doing. But I think the the animation was more on my end, where I felt like I was uncomfortable, like. If I'm gonna yell or something, I'm like, okay, well, my brother's right next door to me. Like, I I gotta be I gotta be really quiet. And then I've I also switched my schedule to start streaming earlier in the day, which has also helped because before I used to stream when everybody was sleeping, so uh, I was trying to be like super quiet. Now that I've kind of switched it up to more of a, a midday stream, I'm able to yell. I'm able to just throw myself around and just you know just be an absolute goofball. Yeah, my first streams were at three in the morning at least. Uh, when my parents were asleep because I didn't want my parents to know I was streaming. I was 19. <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, I had no reason to be embarrassed. Um, but uh, I was uh, I was fighting that and, and trying to whisper to my chat and also trying to light my, light my setup without turning on any of my lights uh, as to not wake the family. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, you don't have experience with this, uh, obviously, but what would you say to somebody who is kind of fighting against not having the support of their loved ones, who's trying to, who's trying to be a creator or be an artist or be whatever, um, and, they're, and they're facing kind of, kind of opposition from, from, from the people in their lives? Usually when, when uh, family members are not super supportive, it's usually because they don't fully understand what you're doing. Um, obviously, when I first started, <clears throat> excuse me, when I first started, I, I had to explain to them what Twitch was. I, I told them that it was an Amazon owned company. I told them like what people are doing, how they're doing it, how long they do, they've been doing it and basically educating them as much as I knew, basically like relaying information, telling them why I want to do it, what the company is and stuff like that. And usually people are a little bit more accepting once they realize what actually it is, because if I went, if I probably went to my parents and I made a different approach where it's just like, okay, I'm streaming on Twitch. They're like, well, what's Twitch? No, you're not going to do that. Like, what do you, that's stupid. Uh, now, now that I had actually explained it to them fully, like went involved, uh, and took the time to explain in depth what it was, uh, they were like, okay, I trust you. There's a Reddit post I want to share with you. I'm going to read it to okay. you and we're going to talk a little bit about it. It's kind of trending right now among okay. some creators. Okay. Here's the read. Okay. It's, the title is, Twitch is your hobby, not your future. It's a PSA, it says. Um, something people need to realize is this grind attitude is incredibly unhealthy. Sure, streaming can be an incredible dream job with an insane amount of money. And of course, for the people who can make a living off of Twitch, it's 100% a legitimate job. 
But 99.99% of people who stream on any platform will never make enough money to pay for a month of rent, let alone the rest of your expenses. You have a few free hours after work or school and nothing else to do? Have at it. Stream and have fun. If you start making a living, that's fucking awesome and congratulations. But until that moment, you shouldn't be thinking about money or even the amount of viewers. The fact that the current top post, which is encouraging this unhealthy and unrealistic lifestyle, that's the post we were talking about a second ago, has 659 points and 93% upvoted, shows that this is a widespread issue within Twitch. People in there are saying people who don't support them just don't get it, or if they don't show unconditional support, quote-unquote, they really aren't your friends. No, those people who, those are the people who do care about you. Not to mention, streaming eight hours a day doesn't make you have any better chances of becoming big than someone who streams three hours a week. It's pure luck that you become big. There is no skill involved. If Twitch Tracker, if Twitch tracker is accurate, there are 5.8 million unique streams per month and currently 45,000 partners. Now, there are a lot of partners who can't pay the bills with Twitch, but let's assume they all can. That's still only 0.007% of all streamers who are partners. TLDR Twitch should be fun. Uh, TLDR Twitch should be for fun when you're gaming in your downtime. It shouldn't be looked at as a potential job. And this is about Twitch, obviously, but I think this kind of mindset is kind of universal among kind of creative lives. I think this is the right. same kind of pushback that people who want to be stand-up comedians face, that people who want to be digital artists face, um, that people who want to be musicians face, even people who go to you know four years of school for these careers face this kind of pushback. Um, so let's let's talk about it on a, on a, like a like uh, let's talk about it on a, on a on a on a wide spectrum kind of a an abstract uh, an abstract uh, perspective. What's your overall thoughts on on a post like that? Here's the weird thing. I thought I was going to be completely opposed to what he was saying, and I wasn't a hundred percent opposed mm-hmm. on some points. Yeah, As a majority, I think it was just completely incorrect. Because if you think about it, I'm. I'm not like absolutely insane at a game. I'm not like a pro player level. I didn't win the Fortnite World Cup, but I'm still doing fairly decent. As you said, I, I don't know what it is right now. I, I'm the top 0.7% or something like that. Yeah. I forgot what it was. There's nothing like crazy special about um, about what I do on streams and stuff. I just have really high energy. I like engaging with viewers. But what he did say about don't go into Twitch thinking that you're going to make a ton of money. I agree with that. I do agree with that point. I think if you're going to go into Twitch, think about it as I'm going to have some fun. I'm going to be able to meet some new people. I'm going to be able to play some fun games with some people and so on and so forth. Don't think about it like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make $30 million off a mixer deal. But, um, but just it's that it's that mentality where if you're in it just for the money, you're you're going to be gone about two months. That, that, right. I'm willing to bet that's as long as you're going to last because right. it really it really will kick you down many times there's a lot of ups there's a lot of downs and the downs are very very low so if you're in it for the money you're not lasting very long yeah i remember the last time i bottomed out to zero viewers it was back in september i had just done a um i had done a month-long marathon of the legend of zelda which i need to get you to play by the way uh you told me you hadn't played any zelda games i about had a heart attack Ugh, pissed me off (laughs) so um (laughs) 
I was, it was the last game of the marathon. It was the last session. I was fighting the final boss. We had, we'd brought up some hype to that stream. I had just bought my first camera. I had just upgraded from a Logitech Brio to a Panasonic G7. Um, and I had, a, I had had to go XLR for about a month. So I'd sunk about $1,000 into Twitch in, about, in mm-hmm. about 60 days' time. And then I go to fight the final boss of this game. Excuse me. And uh, I'm having some frustrations with the game. And I bottom out to zero viewers. Everybody leaves. Everybody has something to do. Everybody has something better. Some, there's somebody better to watch. Some events going on. Something happens. I had zero viewers. And I had to make a choice right then. I had to kind of, I had to kind of get in the mentality like, hey, now would be a very, very easy time to say, fuck this. I'm never doing this again. Now would be an easy time to, to, to unhook all my equipment, sell it all to some other fool who's going to do the same thing and warn everybody I know not to get their head into this game because it's just a money and time sink for nothing. But I didn't because I knew that there was something bigger at play. And I really, I really liked, and, this, and I think it sounds maybe a little bit pre- pretentious to, to people who um, maybe don't relate yet or, or haven't yet, uh, but Devin Nash put it really, really well in the video he did on this topic, um, where he said, uh, streaming and any sort of creative pursuit, really, and I think streaming is creative pursuit, is like art in that in order to really be at peace as somebody who makes art, you have to put your art out into the world um, at peace with where that what with what that art's going to do and where that art's going to go, regardless of how it actually performs. And that's what we were talking about earlier with with YouTube videos. Uh, you know, spending hours and hours and hours on YouTube videos for them to get 10, 20, 30 views sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, streaming for streaming for sometimes zero people for sometimes a couple months. Um, or streaming for a very low, small audience for sometimes a couple months when you're when you're wanting to make it, maybe not even a career. But I know when I initially set out, I was realistic my, with myself about the kind of money that I wanted to make. But I did know that I wanted to make a difference on the platform or or in people's lives, where uh, I I wanted to be. I knew in order for me to feel feel fulfilled, I had to start bringing value to people's lives, whether it was for, for through entertainment or or education or something like that. Um, and sometimes I was entertaining nobody and sometimes I was educating nobody. And, and I think everybody who's in this space can relate to that feeling. And I think we all have to hold on to that feeling of, of peace with ourselves that our art's either going to either going to do crazy good things or it's going to be just for us. And we have to be OK with both outcomes. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I agree with all of that. Sweet. <laughs> so let's get into the let's get into the gritty of what they said. Um uh, let's see here. What do you do? You think so? What the the third paragraph is? Um, uh, the current top post, which is encouraging this unhealthy and unrealistic lifestyle. The the idea that um, if you're if you're not making it yet, you should keep going. You should keep grinding. You should keep up the effort um, in creating whatever you're creating. Uh, that post had 659 upvote points. It was 93 percent upvoted. And this person argued that that was a problem with our with our culture, with our, with the, kind of the Twitch culture. Do you mm-hmm. do you think that's problematic? Like, do you think that people, um, like, obviously there is kind of a toxic they call it like toxic positivity, um, where there is this kind of like um, 
this kind of platitude of positivity where people will will just say, yeah, do you, you anybody can everybody can do it. You know, you have it in you. Just just keep at it. And that kind of empty advice that keeps right. people that keeps people from from keeps people doing the things that they're doing and not improving, not building any sort of self-awareness towards improvement. Obviously, that's problematic um, to a certain extent. But do you think the entire culture of 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 motivating people who may not necessarily be successful is problematic? No, absolutely not. And here's the thing, the the situation that they're basically talking about where you're not going to be able to make it and all these other comments, it's not as black and white as they want it to make it seem. There's this very, there's this gray area and it's much larger than the polar opposites where you, you can make it, but it definitely takes a certain type of person. Obviously, if you're a very shy person, you don't like talking to a lot of people, you're just kind of like that, that homebody type, more than likely you're not going to be as successful because you don't you don't feel like you can connect to those people and feel like you can perform in front of a certain amount of people and you just kind of like collapse like just as a just as a person and that's totally fine it's not everybody's different everybody has their own personality traits and there's no like hard feelings whatsoever but there are people out there who feel very confident in public speaking they they're funny they can i don't know freestyle rap something something that they feel like they can perform and that's that gray area where it just totally depends on the person of if you can make it, if you're willing to work hard enough for it. Um, it's just totally dependent. And I think the the whole thing with what they've got going on on the Reddit, it's just you're either on this side or you're on this side. And they're not really taking into consideration this big gray area that's taking up about 98% of that graph. I don't think I could have said it better myself. That's, that, was, that was said well. Um, let's see here. So what do you think about what do you think about people who uh, show pushback as far as like how do you think how do you think somebody should handle we touched on this a little bit earlier already but how do you think if somebody receives pushback from their um, from their uh, like let's say you, you you were to explain Twitch to one's family or you were to explain um, Twitch to your friends uh, mm-hmm. or, or you were to tell your friends that you're going to be a streamer and all your friends are ninja fans. And they tell you you're never going to be ninja. You know, uh, what do you what do you say to those people who are experiencing that kind of pushback from the from the people in their lives? Like, how do you how do you uh, how do you really get somebody um, to disconnect from from the opposition while also taking into consideration the stuff that they say? This is kind of what Harris was talking about. Well. So it's kind of hard to explain because I've been in that position before. Mm-hmm. When I was in high school, I had major opposition uh, when I was streaming and stuff. People were making fun of me. They're like, "You're not gonna make it. You're not gonna. You're you're not gonna meet anybody cool. You're just kind of at the bottom of the list. Don't don't even try it." I, honestly, if I didn't have my parents there, I probably would have stopped streaming realistically. But now looking back on it, it's much easier to say once you're out of the situation. You can't really you can't take to heart what these people are saying because realistically more than likely they're probably jealous of what you already have rather than what you can gain out of it. Um, there's, there's a lot of people, usually the people that you see on Twitter, just absolutely ripping into people like Nick Merckx, Pokimane, Ninja, Tim, the Tapman, all those people. It's usually the people who stream every single day for two viewers. And they're more than likely just jealous that these people are much more successful than they are. And then they think they can be. So it's more of not, not, that they don't think you can make it. It's a matter of they didn't make it. So if I can't have it, you can't have it. 
how do you how do you personally like not not how does one how do you personally fight the feelings that kind of creep up of of resentment and jealousy when it comes to seeing people uh potentially seeing other people have what you want uh it depends on the person i i'm not i'm not usually a jealous person sure honestly if i see if i see somebody is successful usually i feed off of other people's success as well i'm like oh this guy's doing it i can do that that's right let's just do that um but there are there are a lot of people who feed off the negativity where it's like oh man this guy he used to have 200 viewers now he's got 30 i i can beat him because he's failing i'm going to take his viewers from him or, or something along the lines um I don't really get jealous of stuff like that. If I do end up finding myself kind of getting in that, like, well, why don't I have that? Then I got to like really take a step back and think, well, I've got, I've got 30 people in my chat. Don't think about the other 200 people that are in that person's chat. Think about the 30 who are there with you right then and there. Don't, don't even take into consideration the other numbers that are not there with you, because realistically, that's just going to change your mood. It's going to change your personality. People are going to kind of notice a resentment that you're holding and it's just nobody's going to enjoy it, including yourself. So just just kind of blocking it out. And it's kind of hard to explain, but it's something that you learn after you've after you do it for a little bit. I think you again, I don't think I could have said it better myself. My cousin really, really enjoys a quote. She wants to get it tattooed. Um, She says uh, she's one of her favorite quotes. She says is uh, life is 10 percent something like this. Ten percent what happens to you. 90 percent how do you how you react to it and that oh, kind of goes exactly with what you're saying it's it's all the matter of the perspective that you have the choice that one has the choice um to to choose you know th- that you have the you have the choice to say am i going to look at this person and be jealous of them want what they just just destroy myself wanting what they have or or try to destroy them for having what i don't or am I going to look at what they take this opportunity to say, this is somebody I can learn from. This is somebody I can work with. This is somebody that can be an example that I can work from. This is somebody who can pave the way. Um, this is a giant whose shoulders I could stand on even sometimes um, for me to to do something to better myself, to do something even better. Um, I think we're building that kind of relationship because uh, I, uh, as a fool, said let's race to partner and then you started blowing me out of the water (laughs) (laughs) so uh, yeah no absolutely by the way what's our what's our bet oh dude (laughs) i didn't i didn't know we were going to discuss that i have no idea (laughs) what Uh, what are you proposing what are you proposing uh i don't know i don't know what this would look like for you but i'm thinking the the loser has to work for the other in some way for example like as a permanent position or no no, no, no. just like just like for a project for a project okay like like if you make partner first i'll write you a theme song but if i make partner first you have to i don't know do a video edit a video or something yeah 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 yeah. something like that i like that (laughs) yeah that's a good deal all right i i I agree to that one (laughs) all right sweet sounds good um uh, you got to start a podcast, though, if you want to catch up. Let me tell you. <laughs> now, how many viewers well, this baby brings in on YouTube? <laughs> well, that's the funny thing is uh, we've got something in the works. I know. I was meaning to ask you about that. Can you talk about that at all? Uh, yeah, I, I can a little bit. I can't, like, give out a ton of details. Sure. but Because um, I've heard you talk about it, and I've, and I've been meaning to ask you about it. And right. That was a good place as any. 
Um, I've, I've kind of said it already. Sam's already said it as well. Sam and I are going to be co-hosts on a podcast. I'm not going to give out the name again because I gave it, gave it out once and uh, <laughs> wasn't the smartest idea. But um, oh, yeah, somebody, like, he and I are going to be working on a like podcast that? and we were looking at people that we could possibly get on as guests and uh, the roster's looking pretty good. Sweet. Honestly, sweet. It, it's looking pretty good. That indeed, so you really are going to kick my ass. All right, sweet. Um uh, so what happened? Did somebody like take the socials or something like that when you announced the name? No, it's just, it's that. So I, I did this yesterday as well when I was trying to get my URL uh, secured for YouTube, the youtube.com forward slash wildfire. You, you want that. I said it out loud and I was like, oh dude, what if somebody takes that? Mm-hmm. Like I can't, I can't do that. I can't keep doing that How because do you- one of these days I'm, I'm going to keep doing it. And if I ever end up with a couple hundred viewers, somebody who's in my channel who absolutely hates me has it out for me. Absolutely. Next thing you know, they've they've stolen the name, maybe bought a trademark, maybe bought the name to a website or something like that. And sure enough, you're you're out of luck. So how 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 do you how do you secure your name on on YouTube? I haven't done that yet. <laughs> you need a hundred subscribers. You go to your advanced settings, and all the way at the bottom, you do custom URL. PogChamp. All right. <laughs> yes, sir. Sweet, Wait, what's sweet. your YouTube count right now? Your like, sub count? Uh, more than yours. <laughs> I don't know. I'm curious. That's what I'm saying because let's I'm trying to battle look. you right now. <laughs> 139. 139? 139. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. No, no, no. We don't have to do okay, this. Okay. I'm just making sure. I'm just making sure. <laughs> we don't have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crazy. All right, hold on. I, I just I just minimized my notes like a fool. Okay. <laughs> so I want to talk to you a little bit about Twitch because that's kind of our primary creation platform right now. I, I think my, my listeners, luckily my listeners are mostly Twitch people right now, but I think uh, eventually I'm going to have to get somebody who isn't a Twitch streamer on here But because um, uh, they're probably sick of listening to, about Twitch stuff. But I want to talk to you a little bit about Twitch stuff. Um, so there's becoming... It's becoming increasingly clear that our platform isn't really, doesn't have people like you and me in mind, right? I see Twitch as kind of this, you know the movie Gladiator? Mm-hmm. You love that movie, don't you? It's one of your favorite movies. I've actually only seen it like once or twice. What? It's been a I while since said, I've seen it. Yeah, I, I know. Said Ridley Scott was like your favorite director. He Well, he is a very good director and I do enjoy the movie, but there's... I, I don't know. It's, that's one of those movies where you like watch it once or twice and you're like, okay, I, I, I could it. be good <laughs> and not seeing it for like another five, ten years and then go yeah, back and rewatch anyway. it. I see uh, Twitch. I see our platform kind of as this uh, kind of as this kind of gladiator arena where you have all of the streamers in the arena competing with each other um, because Twitch is uh, streaming is a more competitive platform than, say, YouTube. Uh, and I'll get into that in a second. Um, and you have all of the crowd who, who's just who, who's picking different people to give attention to at a certain time and then you have twitch which is kind of like caesar that actually makes the decisions on 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 whether uh on on exactly how much help or exactly how much feedback somebody can get um and has absolute power over the arena um mm-hmm. and that's and and you know twitch is twitch is we, we people have observed Twitch is more competitive than, say, YouTube, um, because there's there's only so much time somebody can dedicate to any one broadcast at a time. You can effectively only really consume one Twitch stream at a time. Like, there's multi-stream and there's squad streams. 
Um, right. But uh, but truly, effectively, you can only pay attention to one. You can only be involved in one chat, really, at any given moment. Um, you can only really listen to one conversation thread, the, you know, in, in theory, maximum two or three. Um, whereas YouTube videos, you know, there's only... I'm not necessarily in competition with somebody like Harris Heller or even Wildfire because there's only 30 minutes of Harris Heller a week and there's only 15 minutes of, of, of Wildfire a week or whatever. Um, and people mm-hmm. have more than... People dedicate more than 15 minutes a week to YouTube. So they have the ability to jump between, watch as many videos as they want, give their time to all the creators that they want to. And the, the competition is much, much less direct. You're not vying for people's attention like you are on Twitch, where you mm-hmm. are actively, especially if you're fighting for partner, if you're fighting for the attention of Caesar, um, you're, you're actively trying to get people to watch you over a- anybody else. Right. Um, and that's kind of an inherent problem to streaming. Um, and then Twitch as itself, you know, we 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 talk about like, uh, you know, I've 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 fought for a, I say fight, I've I've asked for <laughs> nicely um, things like transcoding options for affiliates uh, across the board, um, and better servers and more and more options for discoverability. But the truth is, and Harris talked about this in his latest video, um, there is no motivation on Twitch's side. To actually, it might have been Devin Nash. Actually, there's no motivation on Twitch's end to actually bring discoverability to smaller creators because their motivation is to keep people on the platform. And when they're trying to keep people on the platform, it is in their best interest to invest that to invest that attention in somebody they know who's proven themselves to be engaging. And that's going to be the people with more viewers. That's going to be the right. people at the top. That's going to be the Asmund Golds. That's going to be the Pokemains. That's going to be the Harris Hellers more so than it's going to be the Noahs and the wildfires. Um, do you think that's an inherent problem with Twitch? Do you think that's a problem with streaming? Do you think that this is going to be because, because Twitch doesn't have the kind of, um, the kind of search engine that YouTube has, uh, and it doesn't have the kind of off, off stream connectivity that Facebook has, uh, YouTube and Facebook being their main competitors right now. Do you think Twitch has what it takes to kind of stay competitive in the market going forward? Depends on what they do. Depends on how they play their cards. Um, I think the analogy of the the bigger streamers are uh, keeping people on the platform. I I would agree with that to an extent, but there there are very very entertaining people that I personally watch as well who have twenty thirty viewers. And if Twitch were to be able to kind of boost up their discoverability and people being able to watch them, maybe somebody doesn't want to watch Nick Merckx. Maybe somebody doesn't want to watch Pokemon or Tim the Tatman or somebody who's already larger. But maybe they want to watch that 20 or 30 viewer streamer because they like what they have to offer. So I think with their thought process in only trying to advertise their bigger streamers is I feel if they don't change it is going to be a detriment to them because people are going to be like, okay, YouTube's starting to do discoverability. Uh, Facebook is starting to have a discoverability page as well. I I don't know what they've got in the works. Mm -hmm. This is just all hypotheticals and stuff. But um Obviously, there are people who prefer watching smaller streamers over larger streamers because they like the chat interaction. They like that their message is being read out loud and and all that other stuff that you wouldn't get necessarily with those bigger streamers. So they're not fully utilizing all these people's interests. And okay, maybe somebody wants to watch Tifu absolutely pop off in Fortnite or Warzone or wherever he's playing. But there's also that other person right next to them who's like, okay, I don't really care much for high tier gameplay. I would rather go and talk to somebody and just relax and uh, have them talk to me back basically. And that's where the, 
that's where the smaller streamers are going to start gathering their their viewership and only get higher from there. But Twitch is definitely not making that easy. Mm-hmm. So would you say would you say that there's a way for them to incorporate discoverability theoretically oh, that 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 keeps that keeps them putting that 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 somehow finds a way to put viewers exactly where they need to be rather than just where they where they are ensuring you know the most likely because that's what twitch is doing right now their discoverability quote unquote is is built around put the top streamers up front because they've proven themselves as as able to engage an audience and that's that is as much twitch is put into discoverability so you are uh would you say that there's a way to incorporate discoverability that get that better gets viewers where they could best be engaged as in like get the people who prefer to engage in chat with the streamer get them to streams that they're going to be engaged right absolutely uh there's also a video on alpha gaming on how you could even just literally lay it out they basically gave twitch the blueprints as to how they can do this they my my thought which i was just thinking of is if you're watching let's say i'm watching noko stream or something like that and i'm talking to somebody in my chat and twitch is noticing that you're adding this person a lot like you're talking to them in chat like um thinking of one of his mods or maybe i'm talking to you in in the mm-hmm. stream i'm adding uh need on the rocks many many times in the chat and twitch is like okay i'm noticing that he's really enjoying talking to this noah person or something like that uh when he goes live next i'm gonna recommend his channel and then next thing you know the person's like oh wait a minute i know that name and sure it, enough yeah. you're you're starting to drive that engagement into going into streams i think and that's that it's it could be great, something yeah. as simple as that but yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's pretty smart. I've also thought of um, what uh, I've also thought of things like what you, who I watch, and what I consume is likely not always, but is likely to be engaging to people who who watch me. So, for example, right. I will recommend people like you and people like Alex and people like Plywood who have been on my podcast. I'll recommend people like you guys to my to my community, and they'll love you guys because I love you guys, and my and your community is a reflection of yourself. So right. I I've thought of things like what if your recommend your recommended was also formulated like like here's a tab it's like here's channels watched by like let's say you know uh, Gavin is a is a, an active member of my chat let's say Gavin gets on Twitch and he says here are channels also watched by Need on the Rocks and so then he'll get he'll get your channel and he'll get Noko's channel and he'll get uh, Harris's channel and Sam's channel and then he goes into those chats sees me has it a point of engagement already you know, has something already to connect him to the content. And then, and I, you know, there's little things like that that I think are just simple enough to where it won't break their bank. Um, right. And that can, and don't require a huge search engine, like a huge, you know, uh, the smartest AI outside the military made by Google in order to fuel it, you know? Right. Little things like that that could, that could raise engagement on the platform for people who aren't necessarily going and watching the Tfue streams and the Ninja streams and the Shroud streams. So, right. Do you think Twitch will do it though? <laughs> uh, you know, it. I. I don't know. I. I have no idea. It's really and a million what, dollar question, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I. I have no idea. And what a lot of people are starting to, or what they don't usually realize is that Twitch is a corporate company. Mm-hmm. They're owned by Amazon. They have to think financials. Yep. Because realistically, if they don't keep the viewership. If they don't get the the money coming into the platform, they're shutting down. Mm-hmm. Like they're shutting they're shutting down. Everybody's done. You don't have a choice. Like you're gone. 
so we just saw that right with mixer. yeah absolutely with mixer absolutely so what a lot of people don't understand is yes you want to help the little guy out but you also have to remember they're a corporate company they they have they have deadlines to meet they have people that they have to advertise and stuff like that in order to stay in business just the same as if mcdonald's which is one of the most like one of the largest corporate companies in the world mm-hmm. They're not going to go and like help out the mom and pop burger joint, if that makes any sense. Yeah. They're going to start building more of their stores. Yeah, you might want to help out the little guy, but realistically, with financials and stuff, it's it's just not going to happen. Twitch right now has like zero discoverability, and they are they're bringing in uh, they're bringing in new features each month that aren't helping discoverability. Do you what do you think? So there's some opinions like these are these are just to keep these are just uh, feed for the birds to keep us quiet, uh, keep us not asking for new features because they can say, oh look, we're giving new features. You know, is, is there right. is there something better Twitch can be doing? Is there is there a better way to be handling their their uh, their platform? You think to where we can start rolling, we can start getting some prioritization to features that will actually help not only creators but viewers in order to to get things get the ball rolling absolutely i i couldn't necessarily tell you like specifics that's something that obviously i'm sure they have teams for that and stuff like that but oh absolutely because what they have right now is close to nothing if anything Mm -hmm. uh i i noticed i saw on twitter a couple a couple days ago or something like that they had like a stream academy show that i think they're going to be streaming on twitch or something like that where they like handpicked like 10 smaller streamers with like less than five viewers or something like that and then they have a stream coach who's like helping them out and it's basically a race to see who can grow the fastest in a certain allotted time or something like that so i don't know it's they're 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 kind of making an effort but it's not like for the majority if that makes sense and i and, and part of it too is that i don't think the competition despite the fact that um you know Twitch started to raise some eyebrows at Ninja being bought by Mixer and and by Courage being bought by YouTube and whatnot. And the fact that YouTube and, and Facebook, Twitch has gone from having like 97% of the market share of streaming or something like that to now having like somewhere like 50 to 60% and the rest being YouTube and Facebook now. Um, what's crazy that people don't know is that no streaming platform yet... Uh, according to Devin Nash, who's who's kind of worked with with platforms before and works kind of behind the scenes, uh, no platform is is no streaming platform is profitable. No streaming platform yet turns profit, even for their owners. Like YouTube streaming platform, YouTube is having hosting their streaming platform at a loss, and Facebook is hosting Facebook Gaming at a loss, and Twitch itself is a loss for Amazon because they're not actually turning any. The investment in streaming costs so much more than they're making right now um and so right now the reason mixer shut down is not because they were losing money because they were already losing money the reason mixer shut down is because they were the only uh they were the only company other than twitch to lose their to to lose market share over over 2018 to 2019 or uh, 2019 2020 something like that over the course of 2019 i should say Mm-hmm. Um, they were the only company to lose market share despite buying Ninja and despite um, buying Shroud and despite making these big moves to try and uh, take some market share away from YouTube uh, and, and Twitch. Um, and then Facebook Gaming comes around and completely completely blows it out of the water, uh, dwarfed Mixer uh, very quickly. 
Um, uh, and so Mixer said, all right, well, we only have, we went from having 3% of the market share to having 2%. We may as well, Microsoft said, we may as well back out because there's, there's this isn't worth our investment. This isn't worth the money sink if we're not going to get some of this market share because what they're hoping for is that one day streaming will become profitable. And when that day comes, it's going to be the it's going to be the company with the market share that's going to be raking in all those dollars, and so right, having the monopoly in the exactly uh huh. And so Twitch is actually fighting not to get market share like the other companies are, but Twitch is fighting to keep market share, which is why they get threatened by things like buying off Ninja, where they don't buy by YouTube having more discoverability, or they feel they don't by YouTube having more discoverability, because in reality, and that's why Twitch has the most strict exclusivity agreements on the platform is because they want their streamers to be exclusive because that's what keeps their market share. Um, and that's why, you know, YouTube partners or, or, or mixer partners could stream on whatever platform they want. And Twitch gives that kind of has those exclusivity clauses that they're, that they're putting out to keep you from multi-streaming and to keep you from streaming on other platforms because they're trying to keep that market share conglomerated in Twitch rather than, rather than gaining market share. They're just trying to keep it because they already have the majority, and they would rather they would rather just keep what they have rather than try and gain because trying to gain would cost money, right? Um, and and Amazon, uh, Twitch is like a speck of dust to Amazon in reality because of how much uh, money Amazon pulls in per day, you know. So Amazon's not really. I always I always say like we have you know Twitch has Amazon money. We could have way better servers than we do, but in reality, Amazon isn't interested in in getting uh, affiliates transcoding they don't even know they probably don't even really know what transcoding is as far as our culture goes um because because of how small twitch is to their operation so uh do you think do you think that twitch is screwed (laughs) like because part of me believes that twitch is screwed knowing knowing all this um i don't know that there is a way that twitch can compete against because because youtube now with with gaining attention through you know dr disrespect um, and, and their their streaming platform really raising some eyeballs and Facebook gaming purchasing Mixer and then them raising some eyeballs. I'm worried. I'm really worried that Twitch needs to make a move yesterday in order to stay competitive. What do you think? Uh, yes and no. Now, it, it's I'll, I'll kind of use an analogy for it. Sure. Twitch is kind of like a bully on the playground, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got and then you got Mixer and then you got Facebook. And they're the big dog. They're they're much larger than everybody else. And they've just been beating up on these guys. And their their buddies also who are backing up the the bully is all all of the partners, all the Twitch streamers and stuff. And they're looking back, and basically all they're doing is threatening those guys. All they're saying is, you better not take their side, otherwise you're you're gone. You're a target too. Yeah. Now <clears throat> now that these YouTube and not really much Facebook. Facebook's kind of not. Yeah, still only like ten percent of the yeah. market share, or something like that. <clears throat> now that YouTube's kind of being bigger, it's like hitting a growth spurt. And next thing you know, you're eye, you're like eye to eye with your bully. You're not you're not the small small kid anymore. And then people are like, uh, I'm not scared of you anymore. And then they're gonna start switching over. And then after a while, everybody's gonna start switching over. So if Twitch doesn't start being nice and being nice to these people and adding features that people want everybody's going to go back over to the good guy and that's going to be youtube more than likely just from mm-hmm. seeing what's yeah. going on yeah it's a death spiral it's a death oh, 100%. spiral because once they once once it starts to lose once once youtube gets to 40 50% of the market share and viability on youtube it gets to be 
looking really, really attractive, streamers move in in groves, right? They just right. Abs- they just jump ship immediately because the the market is even even when Twit even when uh, you know Ninja moved over to, to Mixer, and and everybody on the platform and everybody who who really knew how streaming worked said that's not really going to do anything for Mixer, and then they were right. Still, we saw so many streamers jump ship to Mixer just because they thought that 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 was going to be their shot, you know. Um, right. So the, the streamers are desperate. Streamers are looking for a platform for them that will work for them because currently no platforms really work for the streamer. They work for the viewer sometimes. Not really yeah. any platforms no, are really working for the streamer which is, right now. Which is another reason why people didn't like go over and watch Shroud or watch Ninja when they when they moved over to Mixer because I, I had a couple people who are like, well, why why didn't you switch over to Shroud and Ninjas when they moved over to Mixer? And it's like, well, I didn't really like the platform in the first place, but the community felt Twitch has a very interesting and just nobody has matched Twitch's community feel, if that makes any sense. I agree. I agree it, even though it's so large, nobody's kind of matched that feeling. And a lot of people are like, well, I didn't really like the feeling over at Mixer, but I do over at Twitch. So I'm just going to stay over with Twitch. Now, Twitch has that going for them, but on a corporate level, on more of a business level, they're still the, the bully on the playground. Exactly. And, and and a lot of people argue that they're losing that culture. They're losing that culture because it's becoming more corporate and it's becoming less creator-friendly. Because it used to be, you know, Twitch was a small team. You know, the Twitch as in the company was a small team. Um, and they were rolling out features that were community-based. And they were humanized because they were... But they, they were humanized because they were behind the ball because they were a small team and they only had so many resources um, and, and they were they were kind of brought to our, they were kind of humanized by, by that element um, and there was an understanding and that kind of attributed to the culture um, mm-hmm. whereas you know, you know streams were scuffed, the platform was scuffed viewers were scuffed, everything was scuffed um, now that things are a little bit cleaner and we're moving into the age of streaming where, where, where now streaming is a viable place to create content Whereas it used to be, it was a place where you played video games and, and talked to people. Um, now it's losing a little bit of that of that uh, culture, and I'm worried that that in in moving to these more corporate moves and and, and getting more um, in, interested in in how do we how do we expand our ad base and how do we expand our viewer base, how do we keep our market share? I'm worried that that kind of thinking is 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 going to be detrimental to the, to the culture, and we're we're going to see the culture death death spiral along with the platform. Right, but um, anyways, I, I used it as an example earlier, but I think I can touch on it a little bit sure. more in depth mm-hmm. of McDonald's when because, like I said, they're a very very large corporate company, <clears throat> and I'm going to compare Twitch and McDonald's here really quick. So when I don't know if you kind of know the history of this, they made a movie on it, and this is how I know about it. But Michael the owner King, right? of McDonald's basically teamed up with like a mom and pop shop. Uh, and said, I'm taking over this, uh, and I'm going to make you guys millions of dollars, basically is what ended up happening. So behind the backs of the original owners of this of this burger joint basically was um, like, hey, you can't make those decisions on your own. This is not cool. Uh, why are you doing this? Like the quality's going down, stuff, just stuff like that. And he's like, well, I bought you guys out, so you don't have a say anymore. And then basically when he made it big, he just ditched all the all the uh, smaller guys, the guys who he originally worked with, and just blindsided them without them knowing. Now, it can be the same thing as with Twitch. Twitch, when it was small, I think it was when it was Justin TV, I think is yeah, what it yeah. was called. It was all just like, okay, we're here for the creators. There wasn't much money coming in. So, oh, man, let's be buddy buddies. 
let, let, let's just be nice to each other. Now that you're at, now at a corporate level where you're making billions of dollars, oh, I don't, yeah, you're gone. You're blindsided. The only people we care about are the people who are going to make us money, and it's just the same thing as corporate CEOs for for a majority anyways. Let's have a little bit of fun. I think we're we're getting into corporate talk. I think we, we want to introduce some fun. Let's have a little bit of fun. Okay. What do you think Dr. Disrespect did? Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. I, I My guess is that he was probably negotiating a deal with another platform while he was in a contract. I think that's what happened because there was a bunch of theories about him that were debunked about him being arrested and being swatted. Like there were so many things that have already been debunked, but he says, he says he doesn't know, but I'm willing to bet he knows. And he's just letting his legal team take care of it. Cause if he says something wrong, Oh dude, you're screwed. Yep. And you're screwed out of millions, tens of millions of dollars. Yep. So I, I I'm willing to bet it's something along those lines. I don't even know. I think it had to be worse. I think it had to be worse. Here's what, here's what well, I've been telling people. Here's what I've been telling people. I've been saying he had to do something because Dr. Disrespect is a huge moneymaker, as we're seeing, right? Twitch would have to be, and, you know, Twitch has had all their streamers be bought off, you know, has had Ninja be bought off and has had Shroud. Now, they're, it's looking like they might get Shroud back. It's looking like Ninja's probably going to move to YouTube and Dr. Disrespect's about to move to YouTube. You know, the top streamers on Twitch are getting picked off. Um, right. and, and, uh, and they're getting really, really, and this actually plays into your, this actually plays into your theory a little bit. They're getting kind of conservative with, with like trying to keep as many of their top streamers to them as possible. I think, I think there were, there were fights. I think there were knockout drag out screaming fights at, at Twitch, at Twitch's uh, headquarters over this ban over Dr. Disrespect's ban. I bet there were executives getting in screaming matches over whether or not to ban him. Because he he must have done something so huge that half of them had to say there's no way we can possibly keep him off the, on the platform after he's done this, and the other half had to say there's absolutely no way we can we can get rid of him. He makes us too much money. He's there's no way we can right. suffer we can suffer that loss. And I I think there was a, there was probably a war, like like there was probably like fisticuffs thrown. There were there were hands thrown at right. at that at that meeting, and eventually it came down to we got to ban him. So it had well, the to reason... be, had to oh, be something crazy, crazy, crazy outrageous. The, the reason why I say it's probably something about a contract is because once you're signed exclusively, like you're legally bound to ju- just stay on that platform. You, I'm Obviously, nobody knows the exact numbers or anything about what's on the contract, but I'm willing to bet it's don't negotiate with any other platforms. Mm-hmm. You're on only our platform. Don't even entertain the idea. You're just on Twitch. Now, the thing the thing about that, though, is if he was in discussion with another platform for however much money, well, now you're just breaching a contract, and at that point, it's not up to Twitch, and it's not up to Dr. Disrespect. Now you're just legally bound to this piece of paper, this stack of paper that says, you can't do that. So you're like, oh, no, 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 it's okay. No, you can't do that. You wrote the paper, and he signed it. So now both of you are mutually agreed on this legal document. So it, it may not have even been their choice. So you think Twitch was legally obligated to sever his contract once he severed his contract? That's a good. That's I a think good so. theory. That's a good theory because my argument was going to be that uh, Tw- Twitch would be stupid to say we're just going to ban you if you negotiate with other people because then absolutely he's going to get picked up by somebody else. But you make a good. Right. You make a good point there. They're legally bound. 
they, they would be legally bound essentially to sever his contract if he were to sever his. So Right, and they have no choice. And oh, man. That, it's just it's just kind of a, a weird roundabout because like you said, he makes the platform so much money. So more than likely they'd be like, Why would we cut why why? Why would we lose him? Uh-huh. So he it has to be something out of their control where they're like, What are you gonna do? That's a solid Can't do anything. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I think you've changed my mind. I think you've changed my mind. I think that's what I believe now. I think that's probably what happened. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Obviously, I'm curious what happens. Really, truly. I have no idea. Maybe he did something outside of Twitch that... It's just weird that Twitch didn't say anything either, uh, officially. But, you know, both of them are bound by a contract. So, who knows? Yep. I don't want to I don't want to make this podcast the, the dog on Twitch podcast, you know. Right. I don't want to talk yeah. all this mad shit on Twitch. Um, there are great things about this about this platform, and there's a oh, reason 100%. both of us are here. You know, mainly it's the culture and it's the people, and there, it's the you know smaller things like the monetization avenues and and the connectivity with uh, 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 you know the culture with Discord and YouTube and, and everything like that, uh, mm-hmm. as well as other creators being on the platform that we that we really that that we love. Um, but uh, I do want to talk now about other platforms and like what uh what what we can do um what do you think have you considered making twitter content like twitter content yeah oh absolutely and and i'm going to do it it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when oh my gosh (laughs) twitter is just it's it's like tiktok in the sense that it is one of the most discoverable platforms in the world Mm -hmm. you uh, you can be joe schmo from missouri make a tweet and it gets 3 million likes and half a million retweets or something like that. You don't have to be the biggest person on the platform to have a tweet just go viral. Next thing you know, you've just up 10,000 followers on Twitter. You start making that content and bringing people over to a platform that may not be as discoverable. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, that'll you, 100%. That'll, that'll be more viable for your career, you know? Oh, yeah. Because uh, nobody makes sure. money on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Necessarily. Well, like, some people do. Some people, some people, have, some people have crazy crazy high numbers and do sponsorship deals or whatever um, not even that when when they run ads on uh usually it's verified users on verified users videos that they post i don't know if you've ever seen if you've been scrolling through and there's like an ad before you can view somebody's posted video they make money off of that Yo, so you can even monetize it i didn't know that that's mm-hmm. insane <laughs> i know it's um, kind of wild but uh but a lot of people what they're doing is they're they're doing something like twitter and they're saying mm-hmm. oh hey I have a Twitch stream. Oh, hey, I have a YouTube uh, channel. Oh, hey, I have a business that I run. Oh, hey, even sometimes it's as simple as I have a GoFundMe. <laughs> like, right. Oh, um, yeah. Or I've got a Patreon. Um, you know, Amaranth. Um, I don't know if you're, I don't know if you like or dislike Amaranth, but uh, she, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> um, she runs, uh, uh, she's running shit on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Twitch youtube patreon she's on all those platforms and she's she's taking every single she's taking every single like uh i don't want to say stream because obviously that's a term with a more direct definition in this context but she's taking every single uh avenue to her and she's making them and she's saying hey here's my twitter here's all my twitter content also there's more on my Instagram. And on her Instagram, she's saying, okay, here's all my Instagram content. Also, there's more on my TikTok. And on TikTok, she's saying, oh, by the way, there's more on my YouTube. And on YouTube, she's saying there's more on my Twitch. And on her Twitch, right. she's saying there's more on my Twitter. <laughs> and, like, and just creating this this space where, um, and I've talked this before uh, on, on my channel, 
Um, she's creating this 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 presence where you open your phone or one opens their phone and there's Amaranth. No matter where you go, whether you open Facebook, you open Twitter, you open Instagram, you open whatever app you open, you open the mm-hmm. Google Play Store and Amaranth's got her own Amaranth app. Like, you're, she is on your phone no matter what. Uh, and creating wow, that, that kind of presence as a creator. Um, I don't really know where I'm going with this. What's your plan to do that? <laughs> What's how my you, plan? Yeah, I, what, what do you, I, how do you I, see I, yourself? How do you see yourself making content like, like on, a, on a level that you really start to... Like we're okay. Let me reframe it. How do you see yourself expanding your content as far as like expanding not just through Twitch and YouTube, but actually becoming like a content creator? Where do you see yourself going? Honestly, I somebody that I look up to who's obviously like some of the top people is I love watching Courage JD. I love what he's done. He and he grew extremely fast like a year ago year and a half ago when he like when he was uh on a mr beast video or something like that where he got donated like seventy thousand dollars at the time he had like 700 viewers in that stream which is still really good don't get me wrong but he capitalized 110 percent after being featured in this video and he started making his own youtube content he was streaming every day he was posting to twitter next thing you know he's in 100 Thieves, one of the most popular streamers and content creators in the entire world, and he just capitalized on the right thing, so I feel like if I'm, if I create a little bit more, and because I feel like I have a really high energy, maybe not like courage level, because courage <laughs> is kind of, you know, it, it's, he's yeah. very energetic, and um, but I feel like I have a, a decent energy where if I really uh, put myself in a spot where I'm like, I'm gonna do that, I feel like I could do that, and I feel maybe people will enjoy watching it. I don't know. I haven't tried it yet. I have no idea. There's a phrase, if I could make an evaluation of, of your style, there's a phrase that's like, uh, luck is is when opportunity meets preparedness. And I think your mentality is to be prepared for when the opportunity arises and then and then, and then then play play the game and, and, and find those, oppor- seek out those opportunities and meet them with, right. with, with the preparation that you've done beforehand. Would you say well, the growth? Accurate? Yeah, no, absolutely. The growth that I've had on my channel has been exponential, like very, very quickly and rapidly growing. And to be completely honest with you, I my mentality was not, I'm going to have a thousand followers on Twitch. Oh, absolutely not. I, but now that it's happened, I'm like, oh, pause. I got to do something now <laughs> yep. because if I want if I want to capitalize on this, I got to do it now. Yeah. I have to be prepared before 2,000 Yeah, exactly. Followers. And I got to be prepared before 10,000 followers. I'm not going to be caught with my pants down when those things happen. Exactly. So I'm going to meet it running so that I can keep it going. I can get off the... You know, you don't want to be... A, if you're flying a plane, you don't want to be surprised when it takes off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? oh, you absolutely. You want to be intentional and you want, to, you want the plan to be set to how am I going to fly this to my destination now once it's off the ground. So, Which is um, really something that I want to touch on like with sure. the... With the luck part it's really sad to see that some people like um like brooke who's also in 100 thieves like i i've popped in her stream a couple times or something like that every single time i have popped into her stream it's always like one of the first comments i see in her chat you're only a big streamer because symphony had talked to you on Fortnite, or clicks had put you in a video or something like that realistically i could be in a courage jd video and I could gain absolutely nothing from it. It's a matter of 
if you capitalize on it. Now, That's Brooke right. did that, did that exact thing, started making YouTube content while playing with Symphony or while playing with Clicks or whoever she was playing with. She capitalized on that. She noticed that there was an opportunity and she just grabbed it and said, you're not going anywhere. I got you now. Exactly. Exactly. That is that is put very, very well. There are people who will look look at... I'm really glad that Sam doesn't get this because when, when I kind of... Uh, when I discovered, like, oh, Sam had become partner and whatnot, and and he was starting, he was starting to see his own takeoff. I was afraid for him that he was going to face some pushback like that. Where I, I was he afraid did, that he, he did he at did, one point. He did. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, it wasn't super visible, at least not to me. Um, he was going to face some pushback that there were going to be people who came in to his stream, to his Discord, to his community that were going to say, "Hey, you're a total grifter. You got here because you work for Harris, or you got here because of Harris, or something like that." Um, and the pro- and the, and those people don't have the the awareness to see that a even if it were Harris's popularity that got Sam where he is, it would be the the work he's put in for Harris and the work he's put into to Harris's channel that's gotten him there, not anything else, right? It, it would still right. be Sam's work. But in reality, Sam was Sam was the editor for the Alpha Gaming disc, uh, the Alpha Gaming uh, YouTube channel um, with over hundred thousand subscribers for like six months. And was in some of the videos with Harris over the course of six months and still was a 20, 30 viewer streamer for a long, long time. It really was his own content, his own hard work that really started to reflect uh, in, in his growth and his success. That's when he started Absolutely. to really make partner and, it's, and, that, and whatnot. So. And what a lot of people don't understand, too, is they, they sit on their hands and they're like, I'll wait for a raid from Tim the Tap Man. Yep. I'll have 40,000 people in here. Realistically, you can get raided for... 500,000 people, Dr. Disrespect could raid you right after his stream. People will go in there, notice like, oh, I don't like this guy's content. He's not really doing much with it. It doesn't matter what other people do. You could literally get handed the viewers on a silver platter. It doesn't matter if you're not entertaining, if you don't put in the work. Everybody's just, I'm out. Don't don't count me in. in a raid, you either are a streamer who uh, streams at the same time as somebody's favorite creator, or you stream right after your favorite creator is done uh, uh, after somebody's favorite creator is done streaming, and so either everybody's going to bed or they're watching their favorite streamer instead. So it, it's right. raids, raids. Now I've I've had some people. I, I talk about raids sometimes, and I don't mean to um, discredit raids or make people who have come into my channel through raids feel bad um, right. or feel like they're lesser. Um, but as far as creators relying on raids or even even just relying on raw networking to grow. It's incredibly. It is valuable. It is strong. You know, some of my some of my strongest, my 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 biggest, most loyal viewers have come from raids, um, and some of my uh, some of my best people, some of my best friends have come from being part of Sam's community. But mm-hmm. in reality, the the people stay because of the work I've put in, not because of the work that that some other streamer put in. You know, on my behalf or anything of that sort. You right. Know? And and that's what people have to understand is that there's two steps of the process. There's being there's being somebody that people will watch, and then there's getting the eyeballs on you so that they will watch, and those right. are two separate, distinct steps, and it, and it could not be more separate with streaming, because there's almost no way to get the eyeballs on you just through streaming. You have to get the eyeballs on you through other platforms and through other right. other, other works, and then streaming just happens to be one of the best ways to engage people, and so one of the strongest ways you can keep people um, keep people engaged. So. Right. No, 100%. I agree. We've gone, I think, an hour and 45 minutes so far. Do you want to keep going? Or do you want to... Yeah. 
right, I mean, so if you have more questions, uh, I don't know if you do this. Do you pull from chat at all ever? Um, would you like to pull from chat? It's up to you. This is like, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> you, you're, you're running the you're show. You're half the show, man. You're half the show right now. So um, whatever you want to do, you know, I want to, I want to ask your feedback on, on if, exactly where you want to, what you want to. If you have more questions like written down, uh, I'm willing to, I'm willing to answer some more. Or if, I don't know if you're willing for, to pull some from chat, if they have anything. Sure. Um, let's go ahead. Yeah. Chat, go ahead and pull your question. Go ahead and post uh, whatever questions you have for, for Scott or for me or for both of us. Uh, in chat right now, and while you guys do that, I'll ask this this last ish question. Um, let's go back to let's go back to Twitter. What are your plans for Twitter content? <laughs> You'll have to wait and see. <laughs> okay, so what do you think? Um, let's assume for a second TikTok isn't going to be banned. Let's assume for a se- second that TikTok or a TikTok like platform is going to be viable. Um, what are you thinking about for TikTok? Because I would just, I just want to take this opportunity to tell this story. This is one of my favorite stories about you that I like to tell. Um, the other day, <laughs> other day, somebody was in your chat said, "Hey, hey, Wildfire, discovered you through TikTok." And you're like, "I don't, I don't have a TikTok. I don't, guys, I don't have a TikTok." Somebody, somebody on TikTok had made a TikTok, a discoverable TikTok, bringing people to that person's Twitch. That person happened to have met Scott once and was hosting Scott. And so people were discovering Scott through TikTok without it was Scott basically like a any loophole. TikToks. Like that that really made me realize just how discoverable a platform TikTok is. I didn't used oh, to absolutely. believe it. I didn't used to believe it. I was like, no, there's not any re- no real people are actually discovering Twitch streamers through TikTok. What you missed too is that another person came in and did that like a week later. No, no, I was there for both. That's why I was so. Were you, oh, you okay? Yeah. So both, yeah. yeah. So there's been two people who have done that yeah. from the same channel. Yeah, because the first guy came in and you were like, "I don't get it," and then we just kind of left it. And I was like, "What the, what the hell?" And then the second guy did it, and you're like, "Okay, we got to figure this out. We got to get to yeah. the bottom of this." And it was weird. It was TikTok. really weird. I was like, "Somebody, Scott is getting discovered from somebody else's TikTok, and Scott's not even in the TikTok." Oh my God, we are sleeping on this platform. Like, we are absolutely <laughs> sleeping on this. Holy shit, we're we're we are totally boned. Like, this is crazy. Anyways, let's take a look at chat. That's just All that, right. that's one of my favorite stories about you because it's like, man. I can't even. <laughs> He's this boy's getting <laughs> discovered through TikTok. He's not even making TikToks. Are you kidding me? Um, let's see here. Uh, la 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 la. Oh, your mom says she's a new fan. Thanks, Wildfire oh, Mom. There you go. Um. Uh, let's see here. Moose wants to know, uh, Scott, how did you get your start? Uh, okay. This is. It's really weird. I, uh, I, so there's a guy that I've been watching since I was probably like seven or eight years old. He goes by the name Syndicate, Tom Cassell, who, who uh, lives in yeah, the UK. Yeah, yeah, I know Syndicate. I used to watch his streams when I was like eight years old when he used to like try to go for like world records on like Black Ops 2 zombies. I'm like, <laughs> yep. that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, how do I do that? Obviously, I was too young to be doing stuff like that. But then later <laughs> yeah. on in life, I kept up with him. I, I still keep up with him. 10 years later like literally i've been watching him for that long 10 years later i'm still keeping up with him i watch his vlogs i was always watching what he does and i was like oh i see he's streaming on twitch i'm gonna try that and that's how i basically ended up starting streaming i don't know if it was like why did i start streaming or how i started and like built so i don't know what kind of question that like what he was trying to 
if that answers out of it. that one. But it was basically because I was watching somebody who was doing it, and I was like, "That's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Dude, I want to do what, that." That's what I want to be. That's what I hope to be. I really, really want to be somebody that inspires people to do stuff like that. I want people no, to look. At, I want people to look at my stream and say, "Dude, I could do that." Dude, I could I could make YouTube videos. I could make music videos because I didn't think I used to be able to. Uh, I didn't think it was. I didn't think I was gonna have the creative energies because I've always struggled with. Um, I've always struggled personally with uh, with with being. Um, I've always wanted to be the best at something, and I've never felt like I, I was the best at something. You know, I played I played saxophone obviously in school, um, and uh, for a long time I was I would I would be the best at my school. Right, I, I I'd be first chair or whatever. Um, but then we'd go to like, we'd go to like a regional, uh, competition and there'd be somebody who would just absolutely kill it. And I'm like, man, I could never be that guy. Could imagine. Couldn't be me. Right. Um, Couldn't then, we'd be me, to, dude. then we'd go to state competition and there'd be somebody who kicked that guy's ass and be like, dude, come on. There's no way. There's no way I could ever be that good. And now I've been playing saxophone for 12 years. About six months ago, I almost quit playing saxophone. Like I almost, I almost like. Like I almost stopped. Like I, I was like, yeah, I'll play occasionally here and there, but I'm not going to do music anymore. I actually right. went through a time where I was I was thinking that because I thought there's no way, there's no way I'm going to be as good as some people at saxophone. Uh, and then I started playing for Stream, and Stream loved it. Stream was like, holy crap, this is the coolest thing we've ever seen. Uh, you know, blowing smoke up my ass. Uh, but um, but I really started. You know, the other day, just the other day, David Scott here in chat said, hey, I picked up a guitar the other day because uh, we were talking about music the other day in stream, and I picked up my guitar for the first time in six months the other day. Um, and I just wanted to tell you that. And it's like, dude, even if I even if I get, if that affects one person like that, it's all worth it, right? Oh, yeah, it's absolutely. It. It, it's all worth it. So now now Chat's blowing more smoke up my ass, telling me, telling me I'm inspired. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Moose also asked me, what made me come up with this podcast? So this podcast... Um, Part of it is to ex, uh, expand the brand a little bit. Um, just, just uh, you know, being on Spotify is pretty cool. There's something, there's something really accessible about YouTube and Twitch and Twitter, where you don't really feel like sometimes you you fool yourself into thinking you're just a person, not a creator, or something. You know what I mean? Um, and the, but being on Spotify was something that was really cool. It it really made me feel like I was I was doing something kind of official. You know. It feels right. it feels bigger than me, um, and that's really what I wanted the podcast to be is something bigger than me. Um, I knew it wasn't. I know I know podcasts aren't really super discoverable. Um, I know the podcast channel is probably going to be the smallest of my three YouTube channels. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that the Spotify the, the podcast on Spotify probably isn't going to get a whole lot of listens. Um, but uh, I really wanted to create a space where I could uh, I I could kind of um, expand into something a little bit bigger. Uh, also, in reality, putting everything else aside, I really, really, really just wanted an excuse to talk to really cool people and have something official to back me up so that I had the excuse to talk to really cool people. Um, I, a, a, a hundred years ago, I, I got this idea of, of interviewing um, this musician by the name of Jeff Williams. You remember me showing you the soundtrack of Ruby the other day? Um, mm-hmm. that, that composer is a really down-to-earth dude. Um, who, who takes the time to talk to his fans and whatnot. I send him Facebook messages every once in a while and he responds to my Facebook messages. It's insane. Um, 
And I've always thought, and I went to a, I went to an event called RTX once, which is Rooster Teeth Expo. Um, and I got to go to a panel where he was taking questions. Um, and uh, there's a Family Guy episode where, where uh, the gang goes to a panel of Star Trek uh, actors and uh, they're in line to ask a question um, and then everybody else in line in front of them asks a bunch of crazy questions that don't have anything to do with Star Trek. And then they say, all right, that's all we have time for. And none of the actually like meaningful questions get to be answered. Um, and I kind of had that experience at RTX where I was like, man, I really, this is really surface level stuff that I already know about this creator. I wish I could just like ask this creator a bunch of stuff, ask this creator questions that they've never been asked before. I really right. want to be the interviewer that, that asks people the questions that they've never been asked that, that, that really hits something deeper than, than, oh, you know, uh, what do you do? What's Twitch like? You know, what's streaming mm -hmm. like? What's the biggest raid you've ever gotten? You know, I feel like that's kind of where an interview might go for, for something like this. I wanted to do something a little bit different. I wanted to get into, you know, your mentalities, um, your experiences, your actual experiences, mm -hmm. um, and how it relates to people who want to lead a creative life because I really want people to be creative. So that's basically how I got started with this podcast. <laughs> Great question. Thank you. Let's see. Um, David asks you, Scott, I think he's asking mm -hmm. you. Let's, let's assume he's asking you. What's your favorite part of content creation and streaming? Oh, there's a lot, though. There's a lot. Um, uh, probably the people, honestly. Like, I've met some dope people. I, when, I, when I flew out to San Diego... Um, for TwitchCon in 2019, I uh, I didn't know too many people. Uh, I knew a couple. I think I met like one or two people that I had kind of talked to. But now, like, I feel like next year, if TwitchCon is going, I hope I hope it's going mm -hmm. still. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna have a lot more people to talk to. A lot more people that I've talked to on a regular basis. Some of them I even have their phone numbers. Like we're we're like legitimately friends. I'm just excited. It's the people that you meet. A hundred percent. It sounds like a tacky answer, but I mean. <laughs> It's it's, it is cool. what it is. It's super cool. I never thought it was going to be me. I saw people meeting other people through this platform. I was like, imagine, can be me. Um, and then uh, and then Sam came around. And was like, hey, you're kind of cool. I was like, no, you're just saying that. And now, <laughs> like, the reality of actually meeting uh, cool creators on, on this mm -hmm. platform is is real. And like, they, we're all just people that are looking to meet other cool people. And some people mm -hmm. might actually think I'm cool. Like, that's something different. That hits different. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Uh, how long does it take you to edit the average NoCo video? Says Depends on the length and what and what he wants. So um, if he, a, a 10 to 15 minute video, usually uh, to complete it uh, 100%, uh, probably about five hours because I have to pull from the VOD. I have to make sure I have a little bit of room to work with. I have to make sure I can tell a story well enough. Uh, I have to scrub through all the footage, cut everything up, intro, outro, subtitles if needed, boosting audio. There's a lot more that goes into it than just, okay, cut, yeah, flip, exactly. uh, drag and stuff like that. Because sometimes with like audio, especially audio, I, I hate, oh my, I hate dealing with audio. <laughs> um, like when something's really quiet and then you're like, okay, that's too quiet. Okay. Now it's too loud. Okay. Now it's too quiet again. So you have to yeah. like battle yourself sometimes, but I've gotten a little bit faster to where if it's like a 10 minute video, I can get it done like three hours, four hours, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. but then I have to do the thumbnail, which will usually take me like another hour or two. So 
all in all for the entire project between six and seven hours to get like everything done yeah surprisingly little i think to most people surprisingly little is actually the editing process even if you take out recording and writing or or doing the other things to get the footage yep. a surprisingly small amount is the actual is the actual cutting and whatnot down of the footage a lot of it is the little detail work it's the audio levels it's getting the cuts exactly timed right it's getting the intro in it's getting the outro in it's getting the animations figured out it's getting the thumbnail made it's it's writing the youtube title and description um right. and tags those take sometimes 30 minutes if, if it's if it's a complicated or it, it's a video you want to give a lot of attention to you know because or a sponsored a, video or a sponsored video oh man i not not that i would know but um mm. yeah it's but that's that's something different, dude. That's that's on another level. When you've got sponsored videos and they're like, you have to have this, you have to have it at a certain height in the description. It's like, oh, geez, relax. <laughs> I can only relax. do so much. That's right. Yeah, that's great. Um, David says the real bits were the friends you made along the way. <laughs> uh, the real subscribers were the friends we made along the way. Um, yeah. Uh, once you once you edit and stuff, you'll you'll learn how to navigate your software much quicker. Like I, I don't. Am I allowed to self promote on this? Dude, absolutely. What are, what are you okay. here for? Like, okay. So in my newest YouTube your video, ass. I I put a tip on there about using adjustment layers for zooming on somebody's face. Now, rather than having to cut the clip, figure out how long you want that zoom to be, double clicking, zooming, just doing it all manually. You only have to do it once if you do an adjustment layer. Layer it right over your footage every time, consistent crop, and just copy and paste it every time you want to zoom. Copy, paste, mm-hmm. copy, paste. Mm-hmm. And that takes off like an hour and a half of just, oh, it's it's so much quicker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, I'm I'm bad. I in Resolve Go and I I will copy I will copy the adjustments over. But the problem is is that then if I need to change the adjustments, you're right. Yeah, somebody's screaming outside. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Oh, is I, I go through and I copy the adjustments through, um, and I paste them onto the new onto new, the new footage. Um, mm-hmm. And the problem with that is that number one, if you want to change anything, then you have to go through and do that process again. Um, and number two, what happened to me last night was I was actually editing and I put a vignette on my footage uh, mm-hmm. using an effect rather than with an actual lens hood. Um. To, to add like a dark for people that don't know the vignette is like a dark ring around your footage that you would usually get uh it's usually add to like a cinematic value that you get you'd put a lens hood over your lens to block it from sunlight would give kind of that that cinematic kind of framing um and mm-hmm. i added that to one of my videos and uh at one point in the video i had two clips i wanted to uh i wanted to edit together so i made them into a compound clip i combined them into one clip uh and then went about my day. Later on, I found out when I rendered my video last night that uh, the vignette was super, super gradient and super, super dense and didn't look so in the footage. And whenever I rendered out the footage, no matter what I did, it added a super huge banding effect on my lighting. So it looked like there were like layers of, it looked like an onion was behind me on, on screen. Yep. It looked like layers and layers and layers from all the, the, the banding. I was like, what the hell? So I tried rendering out in 10-bit. I tried rendering out in, in different formats. I couldn't get the banding to go away. I realized it was the vignette. So I rendered without the vignette, and it worked fine. However, because I had gone through and I had combined two of my clips earlier in the edit, uh, the effects were permanent. Were permanently embedded into that. That, those, that, that new clip had the effects 
already built in. So I had to go through, go back to my original footage, scrub through, find that clip again, go back through, re-add it, redo all the effects. Please, guys, use adjustment layers. Use adjustment layers. Please, please. <laughs> It'll help you out. It will help you out. <laughs> you oh take my away gosh! One thing the worst is when podcast. you is when you don't save a project, you export the project, and you're like, "Oh, I'm good to go." You exit out of the project, something's totally just messed up. You go back and you're like, "Oh, I'll just fix it." You didn't save the project. You didn't save the project. Oh <laughs> my god! I hate that. I don't do that anymore. I did that when I first started. I I almost punched my monitor. I almost summit one G my monitor. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Monitor, yep. There are some growing pains. With just mm-hmm. tiny mistakes that just absolutely screw you early on if you if you make the wrong mistakes. I almost the other day Go ahead. Go ahead. Go no, no okay. go ahead. I was gonna I, make a point, but go ahead. I, the other day I or actually yesterday I was gonna re upload one of my videos to in, to one of my new channels. I just recently moved my music channel or I moved my music to a new channel, to a new YouTube channel. I'm gonna separate my music out. Um mm-hmm. and so I was like, I'll re upload my most recent music video. Uh, to start the channel off, I went through and I was like, this video could actually use a re-edit. I could actually, it could actually use some color grading um, on some of the footage. I went through and I opened the project and I had deleted some of the footage. And I was like, there's no way. Luckily, luckily I was smart. I had, all I had done is I had moved the, the footage to a different drive. I still had the footage. All I had to do was rediscover the media and it was fine. But there have been times... There have been times where I've deleted the footage after the fact. So, guys, always back up your footage for as long as you can. I personally, I have a, I have a terabyte uh, solid-state drive. I have a four-terabyte hard drive that I put all my footage on after I'm done using it and, I, and after I'm done having to access it super quick. So, right. if you can, guys, save your footage, for God's sakes. If there's any takeaway, use adjustment layers and save your project. That's it. Just save your project. do you so what kind of i've said last question like three times now but like kind of a kind of a a final question what's your so you your your grand ambition is to work on a marvel movie or whatever you know is to work (laughs) or whatever um is is to work on a big a big cinematic production right Mm -hmm. how do you see how what what is your ambitions with content creation and then afterwards, how do you how do you plan on bridging content creation with 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 moving into like the business, so to speak? You know, it's the the weird thing about it, but I don't see it ever happening. Obviously, it's not impossible. I don't ever see happening. If I had the choice of doing content creation like YouTube or Twitch as a full time just job, like what some of these bigger creators do, over working at like Legendary Pictures or Marvel or Twenty First Century. I'd pick the content creation over anything really? like what these guys got going with like a hundred thieves, like courage, Nate shot Valkyrie, bro. All those guys. I, I say a hundred thieves shot a hundred thieves. I love you guys. <laughs> yeah. By the way, um, I, I would, I would pick that over it. Honestly, really, truly. I, I like, I like being able to be my own boss. I like being able to have the freedom oh. of doing what I want to do. And I can still be creative while doing that. I just don't have a boss looking over my shoulder. Like you're not doing that right. What are you doing right now? So if I had to pick over the two, honestly, if I had, if it was put in front of me, I'm picking the the independent content creation a, any day. So you're trying to tell me, you're trying to tell me your dream is to be a content creator. And if that doesn't work out, maybe you'll go work on a Marvel movie. Is that what you're trying to yes. tell me? Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> and I actually haven't said that before, which is really weird because I feel I feel like I'm more secure in trying to go with Hollywood and getting an actual job and stuff like that. But like, man, if I had the choice, <laughs> dude, right I think there. you could do it. I think you can do it. Most people would probably think the opposite. Tbh, I think most people really? think it's probably more realistic that you'll get a content creation job. Uh, but man, I you're the kind of person uh you're if you were if you were 27 maybe you wouldn't strike me as this person but at 18 years old doing what you're doing um you strike me as the kind of person uh you remind me a lot of myself i think sam thinks this of you as well uh i think the three of us if i can so say so of myself i think the three of us are the kind of people who just make things happen they see things mm-hmm. in the world and they see they, they see things that they they want for themselves and they want for other people and they make them happen you said, I want to buy my own car in cash with the money that I made at 18 years old. And you bought your own car. Like, you made it happen. You now have a, yeah. you now have a physical manifestation of making that happen. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I'm just a terrible procrastinator. That That's my downfall. <laughs> I procrastinate way too much. Like, way too much. Uh, this guy's a professional editor. Just posted his third video to, YouTube, to his YouTube channel. So, <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I, I procrastinate too much. That's... If there's anything that's going to be a downfall for me, anything, it's procrastination, no doubt whatsoever. The best part is there are proven methods of fighting procrastination, and I think you're starting to incorporate those in your workflow. So, well, I, I, there's a there's a version called active procrastination, and I used to <laughs> utilize that in uh, in high school, where I work the best when I'm under pressure of trying to get something done. Dude, so, oh my god! So here's the thing: I would I would do my homework. The morning of having yes! to turn it in. It's not the smartest. I, ch- chat, anybody who's listening, Don't do not do this. this. I yeah. promise you it's not worth it. But for me, I would like do the homework the, the morning of, and I'm like, I got to get this done. I did this with my math final for statistics this last semester. I hope my professor never listens to this. Probably not, but you never know. I did not go to any Zoom meetings. I taught myself while I was taking the test on how to do the math. So don't procrastinate, but... You know, I, that's, that's what I do. Some people do it. I I really hope, I really, really, really hope my family's not watching right now. I think they'd be ashamed of me if they heard this. Uh, you had told that story before on stream, but I forgot about it. It's just as hilarious hearing it the second time because I feel you so hard. I really hope my family doesn't hear that I did this. But I uh, I used to, when I was in high school, I would do the same thing. I would go to bed having not done my homework, and I would wake up at 4 in the morning I'd set a quiet alarm so it wouldn't wake up my family. I'd wake up at four in the morning and I'd be like, okay, you have to be at school in three hours and you're mm-hmm. super tired and want to get some more sleep. So do the homework now or it's not getting done. And that's what it would take to get me to do, to, 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 to do my work. Um, and my mom would, co- would, would come in and she'd be like, you've been playing Terraria for like eight hours. How do you not have any homework to do? And I'm like, I just, I just don't have any homework to do today, Mom. I just, I'm like, <laughs> I just don't know what you're talking about, man. And she's like, I just never see you study. I never see you doing homework, and you get these, you get good grades. I don't understand it. I was like, I don't know. It just kind of, just kind of happens. <laughs> That's how my dad is. When I was back in high school, he'd be like, Do you have any homework? I'm like, No, no. And I knew he was on to me. He was on to me like the whole time. There's no, there's no trick in my dad Especially on that if you're stuff. Doing it in but the he's car. like, <laughs> I, I had good grades, so he's like, Whatever. Do what you're going to do. <laughs> I was like, all right. And made stuff enough. happen. Of course, my mom is now going to be like, that's why you got number three instead of number two in your class ranking. You could have been salutatorian. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true, but 
That's okay. Um, uh, and then college, man. Oh, well, there's nobody I have to fool. Man, that was even worse. But <laughs> Dude, I, it's bad. It's bad for me. It's really bad. I think there was a... Uh... There's another question. I think Fanjecture had a question. Oh, yeah, let's see it. Let's see it. Um, I, I think I lost it. Let me take a look. Oh, yeah, what was your inspiration for doing a hype song during your scam train? I'm guessing it was, uh, does American Dad do something similar? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> does he? Yeah. Do, um, aren't the songs, didn't she even get the songs from American Dad? I got one of them. Okay. I got the Dutch song from yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but other than that, everything, like, he doesn't have the lights. He oh, course, he turn, yeah. He blasts a song. And then goes away to using a toilet plunger on his chest. It, it sounds weird, <laughs> trust me, but until you actually watch it, it's the funniest thing ever. But, um, but yeah, it, it was taken inspiration from that. But I've added the. Should I put the lights on? You can't really see it on here, so never mind. But uh, I put the lights on in the back. They just flash and do their thing and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And people just ended up enjoying it. So I had my own twist on it. But it was inspiration from somebody that I enjoyed watching. Right, and I right. had noticed that, hey, people enjoy watching that. So that's uh -huh, what I was saying uh -huh, earlier. Uh -huh. And now you're inspiring other people like me to start channeling hype. It's, it's yes. pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And I think, and I think guys, if, you, if there's something cool that you see, don't say, damn, I wish I would have thought of that. Say, nice. Now I've thought of it. <laughs> like, now the idea is Steal like presented. an artist. Yes, steal like an artist. Yes. And steal from multiple sources. If you if you if you steal from one person, if I were to copy, if I were to buy some nano leaves, and I were to say, "Hey, chat, where's your head at?" I would be I'd be plagiarizing Scott. But <laughs> but if I do that, and and I have two camera angles like Harris Heller, and I share stream designs like Sam Woodhall, then I'm an artist. <laughs> like, like that's, that's works. the that's the old saying. Like if you if you steal from one person, you're plagiarizing. If you steal from multiple people, you're an artist. Like. <laughs> Um, do that. Do that in writing. Do that in music. I can't oh, tell yeah. you how many. I can't tell tell you how many songs I've written for like video games, where I've like taken a chord progression from a song. Like there's one song I did. Um, it was supposed to be a love theme for this game I was working on, and I literally, I literally took the Force theme from Star Wars, and I took the chord progression from it, and I just wrote a new melody. And it's a total. You can't even like. You won't even think of it as Star Wars. Like, right. It's just a different song, but. But I know, <laughs> and I know I'm a dirty thief. That's like hiding cuts in a in a video. Yep. Nobody yep. will know, but you'll know for That's sure. Exactly right. That's exactly right. And and John Williams, John Williams took a lot of the Star Wars soundtrack from uh, a guy named like Gustav Holst, who did a a, a a symphony called the Planets or the or the yeah the Planets, and it, mm -hmm. and each one's called like Mars and Jupiter and this and that. Um, mm -hmm. And and so he he got it he he plagiarized you know he stole from somewhere and then i stole from him and people countless other you know soundtrack musicians have 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 in some way or form taken inspiration from john williams's work like ne never be afraid never ever ever be afraid to add your own spin on something you think is cool it, right it's it's the birth of creativity really of ingenuity i think absolutely all right. What else is what else has chat said? This is this is great. This is the most. This is the longest we've vibed <laughs> on a podcast really? so far. Yeah, that's the longest one. Um, Tarantino. Yes, Tarantino famously steals from like every movie he's ever seen. I think he goes to the movies just to say, "What can I? What can I? What notes can I take to steal from this movie, um, or do something better than this movie, or do something different that this movie did?" Um, 
I love John Williams, but he's a damn thief. Um, it's a well-known fact that we're running out of original music now anyway. That's true. That's true. All right. Um, well, I think we've reached kind of the end the end of the podcast. I think this is uh, I think this is about where we uh, this is, I think this is about where we end because uh, I think dokey. we've gotten I think we've 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 sucked you dry of value, Scott. I think you're valueless now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Wait, no, come back. I was joking. You're truly, you're all the content. <laughs> oh, okay. My bad. My bad. Oh, I, I, okay. Yeah. Got you. Wait, did you hear that? What? Yeah. How'd you hear that? Dude, you I, hear, I have eyes in the back of my head. I got ears everywhere, bro. I hear everything. <laughs> what? All right. Trust me, dude. I've eyes. said that before, but I'm serious. <laughs> I have eyes in the back of my head. I hear everything. Scott 2020. Here. All right. Would you like to uh would you like to jump into a game? Do you got the time? I think I have to go eat dinner, bro. Right. I'm I figured, starving. I thought about that. I was like I'm he's, so hungry. he's probably got to go eat. Right, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here, Scott. Absolutely. Uh, I really appreciate it. We'll absolutely absolutely have to do this again sometime in the near future. Um, hopefully to celebrate uh, me becoming partner and uh, you can fulfill your side of the bet. Uh, or maybe afterwards, after that one, we can have you on when you become partner. Um, <laughs> um, Are you sure about that? <laughs> I'm pretty sure, pretty sure you could read a shopping list into the, into, the, uh, into the SM7B with your hands over it like that for the proximity effect. Pretty sure you could read a shopping list into it like that, and I would laugh because it's the funniest. Oh yeah, shit. 100%. There's no way you can't do that. <laughs> For some reason, the funniest shit kills me every time. There's a it's Noko so simple clip. too. Yeah, there's a Noko clip where he was like, where somebody was like, "Dude, Noko, you popped off." He was like, "Yeah, dude, you did so well. You stole all my fucking kills, but whatever." And it's my yeah. favorite clip of his. And I just laugh so hard. <laughs> just sitting there crying, laughing. It's so funny. Anyways. Uh, I really, really enjoyed having you on today, man. Thanks for vibing with my chat. Thanks for thanks for the raid. Thanks for bringing your people over, giving me a chance to to gas you up in front of them. And uh, and uh, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me on, bro. This is the first time I've ever done anything like this. So yeah, it was fun, dude. though. Yeah, it was. Can't wait, can't wait for you to make your own podcast, and then you can have me on. <laughs> there you go. Just don't procrastinate, right? Uh, <laughs> it's it's going. It's going. It's That's going. that. I will say that it's. it's Groundwork's being laid. Yeah. Good. Good stuff, man. I'm excited for you. I'm really you. excited for you. You're doing a great stuff, brother. I never... I, w- I was... I couldn't imagine being where I'm at now at 23. I couldn't imagine being where you're at now at 18. You have you have all the time in the world to make... To take crazy amounts of potential to a lot of cool places like Marvel movies and content creation. So... Yeah, I'm uh, lucky. I am in that aspect. <laughs> Uh, well, you're lucky because you're prepared for the opportunity. Remember, <laughs> big brain. All right, brother. I love All you. Right. Peace out. Thank you, chat. Everybody, thank you for having me on.